the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And look what it says. God speaking. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This verse 13 is where we get the name Passover. God's judgment will pass over those who have trusted in the blood of the Lamb and applied the blood. As Pastor Dan continues his teaching series through the Gospel of John, he'll be explaining why Jesus is referred to as the Lamb of God. The Jews had to apply the blood of a lamb on their doorposts in the land of Egypt so that God's wrath would pass over them. So too, when you receive the sacrifice of Jesus, His blood causes God's wrath to pass over you. Jesus is your Passover lamb. And if you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 19 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verse 32, then the soldiers came and they broke the legs of the first and of the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. You read that and you just kind of go through that, but think about what it's saying. These Roman soldiers came with a sledgehammer and just smashed the legs of the two criminals on the cross. I mean, how many times did they have to smash their legs and smash their kneecaps, smash their shins to break the legs? Just as a like kind of an aside here, if you remember earlier in the, in the day, one of the criminals on the cross next to Jesus, remember he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus knew their suffering would end that day. That they weren't going to languish on the cross for several days, as was typical for most. But that very day, their suffering would end, and he would be with Jesus in paradise. So these Roman soldiers came, they, they smashed the legs with a sledgehammer of the first criminal. They smashed the legs of the second. Uh, when they came to Jesus, Jesus was already dead. 
and so they did not break his legs. Verse 34, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. So, you know, these these soldiers have been ordered to hasten the death of the three that were crucified. Uh, they They don't break Jesus's legs, but they want to make sure he's dead. So one of the soldiers takes his spear and pushes it through, you know, his ribs and pierces his side, and immediately blood and water came out. And um, you know, there are several, several books written by medical doctors about the crucifixion of Jesus from a, from a medical point of view, and they, they all seem to indicate that the blood and water was probably the result of a ruptured heart. Just speaking medically. Not that Jesus died of a broken heart, but he died with a broken heart. Uh, Psalm 69 verse 20 says, Reproach has broken my heart. And I am full of heaviness. I looked for someone to take pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. Now look at verse 35. Verse 35, John tells us that he was an eyewitness to these things. And that he's telling the truth. And he tells us these things that we might believe. In other words, the reason that John mentions the spear and the blood and water coming out is because the the blood and water coming out were evidence that Jesus actually did die on the cross. He, He really was dead. A Roman soldier verified that he was truly dead. It's not that Jesus just passed out on the cross and then three days later in the tomb he revived and rolled that stone away, however many hundreds of pounds that stone weighed, and came out, and there really was no death, and there really was no resurrection. You know, there are people that hold that view, that believe that, that Jesus didn't really die, that he just blacked out, and they thought he was dead. And after being in that dark, cool, damp tomb for three days, that revived him. And he moved the stone. And he just came out. And there's no death. There's no resurrection. It's called the swoon theory. He just swooned on the cross. And a lot of people hold that view. But what the text is telling us and what the, the text is making the point of saying is, no, he was really dead. He really did die on the cross. <laughs> he really, he, you know, he didn't just pass out. His his death was verified by the Roman soldier piercing his side and blood and water coming out. His death was a certainty. He really did die, which is important because he's the sacrifice for our sins. Without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. The wages of sin is death. If Jesus didn't really die, if he just passed out, we just swooned, well, then we're all still under the wrath of God for our sins. We all will face judgment for the things that we've done wrong. That's why it's important that he really did die. That's why the text is making a point to emphasize that he truly did die. So now that brings us to verse 36. Verse 36 says, For these things were done 
that the scripture should be fulfilled. So those Roman soldiers, they didn't know they were fulfilling scripture, but they actually were fulfilling scripture by their actions without even knowing it. And here, look at verse 36. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones should be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they pierced. So John points us to two scriptures in the Old Testament, two prophecies that were fulfilled by the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. First, not one of his bones shall be broken. Now this is from Exodus chapter 12. So again, as Jesus is dead there on the cross, John, first of all, he points us back to Exodus chapter 12. So let's turn back to Exodus chapter 12. And we'll look at it together. Exodus chapter 12, this verse that he quotes is a reference to the Passover lamb. And so John, as he's, as, as he's looking at Jesus' lifeless body on the cross, and we're looking at his lifeless body on the cross, John's standing there, and John points us back to the Passover lamb. Exodus chapter 12. Jesus, of course, he was crucified during the Passover feast. And the Passover lamb points to him. He's a fulfillment of the Passover sacrifice. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul writes... For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. The Passover celebrated Israel's deliverance from bondage in Egypt. And the people of Israel, they were delivered from God's judgment and released from their bondage in Egypt through the blood of a Passover lamb. Through the blood of a lamb. And the story of the Exodus is told here in chapter 12. Um, if you look at verse 1, Exodus 12, 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. So God, with this exodus and delivering them from their bondage in Egypt and setting them free, God now gives them a new calendar. They're going to mark time now in a new Way They were to measure time from their deliverance from slavery in Egypt. And this is a picture of the new beginning that we have in Christ. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross for us, we're born again. We become a new creation. Old things pass away. Everything's made new. We're given new life. And, and we measure our life now from when God delivered us from sin and death. God gives us a new calendar, too. So verse 3, speak to all the congregation of Israel. So no one is excluded from this. Everyone needs salvation, right? We're all sinners. We all fall short. And we all need salvation. So speak to all of the congregation of Israel, saying on the 10th of this month, Every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. 
And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need. You shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And so this description is given for us. A a lamb was needed, and that lamb would die sacrificially so an Israelite family would escape God's judgment. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. Verse 5 says the lamb was to be without blemish, meaning perfect, without flaw or defect. First Peter chapter 1, verse 19 says we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Verse 6 says the lamb was to be killed at twilight. And according to Josephus, the historian, the Passover lamb would be killed at 3 p.m. by the Jewish people. That's when they would make the sacrifice. Very same hour that Jesus died on the cross. There's so many parallels here of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, now it says, it says, and they, they shall take some of the blood of the lamb and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. And so the Israelites, they were instructed on this Passover night to take the blood of the Passover lamb and apply the blood to the doorposts of their house, putting the blood on the two doorposts and on the lintel, or on the sides and on the top of the doorframe. So they were to take the blood, and they were to put it on the sides of the door, and on the top of the door. And so even the way the blood was applied was in the shape of a cross, again, foreshadowing the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roast it in fire, with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, They shall eat it. The roasting of the Passover lamb in fire is a picture of the suffering that Christ went through in the fire of God's judgment. So now look down at verse 12. And this is God speaking. God says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. 
And look what it says. God speaking. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This verse 13 is where we get the name Passover. God's judgment will pass over those who have trusted in the blood of the lamb and applied the blood. And I want you to notice here that the Israelites were in danger of God's wrath, not just the Egyptians. The the Israelites were not exempt from judgment because they were Israelites. They weren't exempt from God's judgment because they were better than the Egyptians. They needed the blood of the lamb to escape God's judgment. And what God looked for was the blood. He said, when I see the blood, he's not looking at their works. He's not looking at how good they are. He's looking for blood. That's all that he's looking for. And and that's what God was was teaching Israel with this Passover, that the, the lamb was a substitutionary sacrifice that was killed for their salvation in their place. And the application of the blood of the lamb was the only way for them to be saved and live. And it's a picture of Christ. Again, as as Jesus' lifeless body is on the cross, John points us back to the Passover lamb. In Exodus 12, we all need deliverance from our sin. We all need salvation from God's judgment. And that deliverance comes only through the blood of the substitutionary sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And what God looks for in your life and what God looks for in my life is the blood, the blood of the Lamb. He looks for the blood of Jesus Christ applied to our sin. He looks for the blood of Jesus Christ applied to our lives. He's not looking at how good you are or how moral you are or how often you attend church, or anything else. None of that saves you. The only thing that saves us from God's judgment and gives us eternal life is the blood of Jesus Christ. He's looking for the blood. When he looks at your life, is there blood applied? You know, one day we're all going to stand before God. And he's not going to look at your record, praise the Lord, He's not going to look to see, did did your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds? Were you more good than bad? He's going to look for the blood. Did you apply the blood of Jesus Christ to your sin? By faith. By faith. The Israelites applied it by faith. They, They just had the word of God that told them, if you apply the blood, when I pass through the land, I'll pass over you. They just did it by faith. And when you and I stand before God on that day, he's going to look for the blood. Did you apply the blood of Jesus Christ? Did you trust in the blood of Jesus Christ to take away your sins? Have you applied the blood? And so, again, the crucifixion of Jesus, Jesus dead there on the cross, it points us back to Passover. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Now, back in... John chapter 19, if you want to turn back there, verse 37, we have this second verse here. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they 
pierced. Now this is quoted out of Zechariah chapter 12. You want to turn there for me. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. And I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. Now, Zechariah chapter 12, this is the Lord God speaking. Yahweh is speaking. And he is speaking of a time in the last days when he will pour out his spirit on the people of Israel and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem in particular. And at that time, their eyes will be open and they will recognize Jesus as the Lord and as their Messiah. And again, this is Yahweh speaking and he says, they shall look on me whom they pierced and they shall mourn. So what is that telling us? It's telling us that Jesus is God. He's Yahweh. They're one and the same. And it's telling us that in the future, and we we know from other scriptures that this is going to take place in the second half of the tribulation period. In the future, the Jewish people will recognize that Jesus is God. And they will turn to him in repentance And they will look on him whom they pierced. And they will mourn for their rejection, their past rejection of Jesus. The Lord says, yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son. Jesus is the only begotten son of the Father. And grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. So as John is standing there at the cross and looking at the lifeless body of Jesus Christ on the cross, he was reminded and he wants to remind us that Jesus is the Passover lamb that was offered in our place as our substitute to set us free from the bondage of sin and to give us eternal life. And John also wants to remind us of the promise that one day the Jewish people will recognize him as God and will recognize him as their Messiah. And they will mourn the fact that they rejected him the first time that he came. And you know, the Bible says that one day, one day every knee will bow to Jesus and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And and even though people may reject him now, there will be a day when they will recognize who he is and acknowledge him as Lord and Master. And so here's Jesus on the cross, his lifeless body, sacrificed for us, to substitute for us. He stepped in for us. And he took all of the wrath and all of the judgment that we deserved. And he died in our place so that we could be free of our bondage to sin, 
and so that we could have eternal life with him. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan as he continues his verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the Gospel of John. If you'd like a copy of the message you just heard, you can find it on our website, calvaryec.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast on iTunes. That way, you'll never miss an edition of this program. We'd love to hear from you here at Ring of Truth. Give us a call at 410-491-4592 or email us through our website, calvaryec.com. Let us know how you've been impacted by the ministry of Ring of Truth or how we can pray for you. If God's doing something wonderful in your life, we'd love to rejoice with you. That number again to reach us is 410-491-4592. Do you live in the Baltimore, Washington area? If so, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. Find out more at our website. Again, that's calvaryec.com. With that, we've come to the end of our program for today. Join Pastor Dan next time to continue studying God's Word, right here on Ring of Truth.